Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. And this is episode number 19. This week on The Golden Vendor, uh, we're, we have uh, over, Overwhelming Necklace, Ebon Necklace, Stygian Necklace, uh, Necklace of the Weird Tree, uh, and then for the monster sets, we have Vulcan Scoria's shoulders and Alambris's shoulders. Uh, and I think the two that are the kind of ones that stand out to me are uh, the Overwhelming Surge Necklace. It's a Magicka DPS set. And I actually use this set on my uh, Magicka Dragon Knight. So I think I'm, I'm going to snag, snag one of these to put on her. Uh, but this is a really great set. Uh, so when you deal damage with a class ability, you have a 33% chance uh, to proc this set to deal uh, 1,040 shock damage to all enemies within 8 meters, uh, every 1 second for 6 seconds. Uh, and then 15% of that damage is returned to you as Magicka. Uh, and that can happen every 6 seconds, so you have a potential 100% uptime on this thing. Uh, and what's nice is that that Magicka return scales with the amount of damage that you're doing. So the more enemies that are around, the more damage you're doing, the more Magicka you're getting back at the same time. Uh, so I put this on my Magicka Dragonite. Uh, she's also using Grothdar um, with um, Elfbane. And so Elfbane makes Grothdar have a potential 100% uptime as well. Uh, and on a Dragonite, Grothdar deals flame damage, which helps uh, a Dragonite sustain as well. And it's also an 8-meter <laughs> radius uh, that follows you around. So they just overlap on top of each other super perfectly. Uh, works really well. But really, this set would be great on just about any Magicka build. That that build you have is is one of the better builds to have around for, for when we're going against Zergs or, or going we're outnumbered. That thing can melt down large enemy groups real quick. It's a lot of AOE damage. As long as I have a, a healer on me to kind of help keep me alive during that, because that's that's the one drawback of the build is it's pretty squishy. But yeah, it's a it's a ton of AOE damage. And uh, I use the um, the Destro the Destro Ult Eye of the Storm, uh, and that Elfbane set increases the duration of that as well. Uh, so it lasts like twelve seconds. So you have like all this time with all this uh, AOE damage uh, going around um, and. It is a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> um, and then the Ebon Necklace. This is just kind of a standard bread and butter tank set. If you're putting a tank together and you don't know what sets to, to use, you really can't go wrong with Ebon. Uh, it just gives uh, 1,000 extra health to yourself and up to 11 allies that are within 28 meters of you, so basically your whole raid group. Um, so, yeah, it's just a really... Pretty much every tank is going to have a set of this in their inventory and use it from time to time, I would say. Yeah, this is a set that I'm actually, with, with Davius and his secondary tanking uh, getting more and more prominent, uh, this is a set that I think I'm going to have to get. Right now, his tank setup, I think, is great, but it's kind of, uh, it's worked really well that it's kind of a selfish tank set. Like, his stats are uh -huh. great and everything like that, but his buffs to the group aren't great. And, you know, we've talked about that's a big part of the tank is making sure they're buffing the rest of the group. And so I think as I kind of continue making his little secondary tank setup more and more um, effective, uh, switching to more group tanking and group buffing sets is going to be important. Yeah, and PvE tanking, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. You know, once, once you have some tanking experience, you find that uh, a lot of the time staying alive isn't really all that difficult. Um, and so... Um, all these investments that you uh, make in a survivability, you find you can you can let some of that stuff go and invest into more group utility. And what's nice about Eben here is it does both. You know, it applies yeah. to you and your group. Yeah. Um, the rest, I think, Stygian, Weird Tree, you know, not so interesting. Vulcan Scoria, always a great Magicka DPS set. And Alambrus was buffed recently as well. I'm seeing that pop up a lot more recently, even in PvP. Um, so really a pretty nice selection of stuff on the golden this week. It's good. Good gold week. <laughs> yep. Coffee sip time. <laughs> well, if you're forcing me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I edited out all the coffee sips. No big deal. <laughs> They're gone. Uh, as far as news and patch notes and that sort of thing, uh, it's again, pretty slow this week, but there are a couple of press releases. Um, so there's one titled Enter the Elder Scrolls Online Graymore Home Decorating Contest, uh, and I'll put a link to this in the description. 
Um, but basically, just to celebrate the release of Graymore, they're doing this home decorating contest, and it's uh, going on now until July 3rd. Um, and there are two different themes. You can make uh, a vampire-themed home or a Nord-themed home. Um, and you basically just send uh, submit a screenshot of, of what you put together, um, and they'll um, determine some winners. There'll be uh, two grand prize winners and four runners-up. Um, and so the grand prize winners, these are actually some pretty, pretty intense rewards. So um, the grand prize uh, awards are 21,000 crowns spent in the crown store, uh, a house of your choice. And they say this includes previous limited time offers. So I guess just any house that they've ever offered before, you can just pick which one you want. Um, there's a, a, vamp, a vampiric sovereign statue, a, a digital statue that you would put in your house. And it's actually really cool. I saw a preview of this thing and it looks pretty amazing. Um, you get the Elder Scrolls Online Greymore Digital Collector's Edition, uh, a vampiric libations bundle. I think that's some in-game package of some kind. Uh, and then a music box of your choice. And again, it includes any previous limited time offer. Man, that's just a big list of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. That's a big old prize back. <laughs> yeah. I'm especially like any house of your choice, any house that's ever been offered like that. I feel like that's pretty amazing right there. Yeah. That'd be a tough choice too. I feel like you'd have to do some serious research to figure out like, all right, what's the coolest house? And also what's the, what's like the rarest house out there? There was one that they had a while back. I think it was called something Pirates Cove maybe or something like that. It was like in a cave and there was a boat in there and, is that amazing. the one you have to take the boat to actually get to it? Because I think I've seen that one. I think or at least maybe I've so. It. I can't remember. I, I'm, I'm not. I can't remember how you get there. I just remember seeing like maybe a video of it or something. It looked really cool. But I think that would be the one I would get. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the runner-up prizes uh, is going to be fifty-five hundred crowns. Um, the Elder Scrolls Online Graymore Digital Collector's Edition and a music box of your choice, including any previous limited time offer. So much smaller award, but uh, still good stuff. Um, and then the only other press release this week uh, is just a preview for the new Nightfall uh, crown crates, which I don't really do the crown crate thing, but I did take a look and they're all Got to say, there are some really cool things in there. Uh, it's just a shame that I'll probably never have any of them because I don't. I just don't mess with crates. Yeah, there's always some cool stuff in there. Um, I feel like the one of the really cool things that they always put in there is the skins. Mm -hmm. um, it, I feel like it's really hard to get some of the new skins, and they always kind of sneak some really cool ones in there. Yeah, that's that's where all the skins go. And man, I they would have already gotten so much money from me if they would just sell them outright. You know, I would just, I would just pay money for the skins that I want, but I'm not going to do the crates, you know, I gotta, I gotta go back to this housing thing for a minute here. Um, I, I, I think this is really cool. You know, we talked a little bit about this. I, it's interesting that the, uh, to actually, the contest is based on just a screenshot. Um, yeah, that's a unique way. I feel like that there's so much more that that goes into the des design of a house, but you know, it makes sense. There, you know, that's a lot of people going to be submitting this, and it's kind of a quick way to uh, just have a really nice looking screenshot. Um, yeah, that is though. I I I thought about that too because it's like, you know, you can you can just compose a nice screenshot really easily, and the whole rest of your house, who knows what it looks like, you know. Mm -hmm. so, uh, I part of me feels obligated to to enter this contest for the Nord homestead part, right? Like it's Nords, it's Nord themed, it's housing. Yeah, this is your this is your time. I dude. know. Maybe maybe I'll put something together and and submit just for fun. Um, I think you should. I, I might just see I might what happens. What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst could happen? Huh? That's a good point. I might I might do that. Um, I like. I like the uh, I like the idea that they do housing contests. I do think this is really really cool of them to do. Even with the screenshot, it's a really cool kind of extra to add in. And those prizes, like we said, those prizes are ridiculous. Dude, yeah, I mean, twenty one thousand crowns. It's a lot. A lot, That's of, a crowns. lot of crowns. Crowns. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess let's just move on. Um, we'll talk a little bit about or. A lot of bit about what we've been up to this week. Uh, Davis, what have you been doing this week in the Elder Scrolls Online? 
All right. So my main focus this week, uh, and even going into last week, you know, I've I've run into this conundrum with Davius. My main is my main character. Uh, I feel like that I needed to kind of um, change him up a little bit. Um, and so, you know, last week I was talking crazy talk about he's going to be this DPS build now. I lost uh, my mind. <laughs> you, you were just blown away. <laughs> I couldn't so, sleep that night. <laughs> I do have good news. After still testing things out, you know, doing some more grinding, I Davius is official. He's still a pacifist. Oh, I found, good. Okay, good. I, <laughs> everybody just calm down. Uh, he's still a full healing build. He uses the Sigic Order ability to where his lie detects heal. So he is still 100% a pacifist. Okay. And um, I worked a new setup with him. It's really kind of stuff that I talked about, um, but just didn't kind of work it all together. Um, so the, the finalized setup on him that I, I've, I've tested and it's worked really well um, is that he's doing Cold Harbor's favorite. Um, and that's the one that uh, summons the Guar Honor Mount. It's a little tiny Guar. Mm -hmm. And it either blows up and does damage if you do damage, or if you heal, it, it procs and does an AoE heal. Uh, and with his setup, and he only doing heals, so I only get the healing proc of it. Uh, I did go ahead and put Winter's Respite on there, um, and that okay. does that Frost Healing Circle. Uh, and then I stuck with the uh, Chokethorn Monster Set, just because that's such a strong heal. Um, tested this out. He's He's got fantastic heals, and it's just, you know, with Davius, it's like he has to... I feel like that he's just... This is just who he is. I have to play this pacifist heal only style with him. It feels weird if I do anything else. Um, but I was, you know, kind of going through and, and struggling with figuring out what I wanted to do with him and the change. You know, we talked about um, being a only heal is kind of difficult right now because it's really designed best for group battlegrounds. Yeah. Uh, and we do a lot of Imperial City and Imperial City is a little tough if I don't uh, have any damage. Um but I think a lot of my struggle with his actual build setup came from kind of these mythic items. You know, I've kind of talked about in the past about how it's a real tough choice to add mythic items. And in my mind, I kind of, you know, this is my main character. He's my first character. He's my favorite character. So I had, like, subconsciously told myself, I have to find a way to fit a mythic item on this on this character. And when I finally realized, you know what, it just doesn't work with his setup. There's just not a mythic item that works well yeah. with what I'm trying to do with him. Uh, it kind of like cleared the fog. It was like, it's okay not to have a mythic item on this guy. Yeah. It works a lot better without it. Um, it. It really is. And I think you made that point last week that uh, the mythic items, they, they really are this this perfect, they seem to be really well balanced where it's a tough mm -hmm. choice if you actually want to use one or not. Uh, and I'm finding that to be true in a couple of my <laughs> builds that I'll talk about here in a minute. Yeah, uh, it's it's just crazy. But yeah, once I decided no mythic item, I put this set together, um, and I'll I'll talk about our Imperial City here in a minute. But took it into Imperial City. I was extremely happy with the results. Uh, the heals were still great. So he was he was most of my work this week is is grinding him up, getting that new setup with him. Um, I I still have him in a five piece heavy set, so he's still really tanky. Um, and just really, really strong heals. Uh, so he's actually, he's he's the good old Davius, same old Davius, but actually even stronger heals than he's had before. Good deal. Uh, so he's a lot of fun. Um, my other focus this week has been my Stam Warden. Um, so just to kind of, you know, we were talking a little bit about this to kind of segment off here. Um, we were talking about how that, you know, where we're at in this new expansion you know, everybody's done kind of the main quest. Everybody's kind of done a lot of the antiquities. It's kind of falling back to where you're just doing antiquities kind of as a side for fun thing. And we've kind of talked that the mode that, that, that we're in with the game right now is kind of this is the where you go in, you pick your character, and you tweak it to what the, what the game looks like right now. Um, and that's kind of what me and you have talked about what we've kind of been doing is we're kind of going through each character now and tweaking and making the changes uh, to make them best yeah, fit. We're, we're adapting to this meta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, it's a really fun time because it's kind of, um, you know, we always talk about how much we enjoy when we kind of go through characters and do slight updates. Um, it kind of renews your uh, interest in that specific character. Um, oh, yeah. That's definitely been the case for me with my Stamina Warden. Uh, that was the next, after I finished Davius, that was the next character that I kind of went to and started to 
uh, do some updates. Um, he is <laughs> he is a build that me and you joke about uh, quite often. He is a heavy armor bow build. Yeah, um, <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> he is very unique. Uh, as a stamina warden, he actually uses the bear ultimate as well. So he is just all sorts of weird and unique. He's uh, like a character... bow brawler <laughs> pet build. Bow yeah. brawler pet build. Uh, the yeah. character's name is Bear Claw the Nord. Uh -huh. uh, so he's very bear themed. He's got a bear mount. He's got the Rothgar bear costume, uh, a bear cub pet. So he has to have the bear ultimate, you know, just goes into the build. But uh, I really did some tinkering with this build. I thought it would be just kind of an easy, quick change because uh, my plan from the beginning was to use this was the set, the build I wanted to do Malakath's band on. Uh -huh. um, just because, you know, we've talked, Stam Warden doesn't really benefit a whole lot um, from class passives and things like that with uh, crit. And so this seemed a good one. His crit was pretty low. I think with CP, I think he was like 30%. Um, so it seemed like a really good one to, to kind of sacrifice that crit. Yeah. Um, so the the build that he uh, that I kind of went with is the he's got the Strength of the Automaton set and the Innate Axiom set of those two five-piece sets. Uh, and then I threw the Malakath band. And so he is kind of this straight all damage uh the automaton set just uh all of your physical damage it gets a 400 uh, weapon damage buff and then the innate axiom is all your class abilities get a 400 weapon damage buff um, and to add into more uniqueness with this build is his front bar is the entire animal companions uh skills <laughs> every one of them uh yeah. all the way into the bear ultimate and so you get extra damage done just for each one of those slotted as well right yeah so you get uh the the wardens have a passive that for every one of those you have slotted you get uh two percent uh damage uh bonus and so he gets 12 percent damage bonus from that he gets uh 25 uh percent damage bonus from the malakath band and then uh both the automaton and the axiom those 400 uh, so that 800 weapon damage applies to that entire front bar because their class abilities and their physical damage abilities. Um, and since the Warden passive is the Cliff Racer, uh, it kind of allows that bow build uh, because I can still light attack weave at range. Um, and then, you know... Um, you also uh, have uh, another 8% from Minor Berserk, right? Because don't you have Bird of Prey? Yep, I have Bird uh, of Prey, so I'm getting another 8% there. So just um, all these, like, like so much. <laughs> have you added up, like, what's the total, like, percentage damage done with Malakath and those passives and the bird I need of prey? To, I need to add up what all those percentages are. Uh, um, it, it's a lot. I, I've tested it out. It's kind of it's kind of crazy, you know, just it's such a weird, unique build, but I have so much fun with it. Um, the overall actual weapon damage number is not that high. I think it's, you know, it's somewhere just under 3,000. But he hits so hard because yeah, there's it, so many percentage buffs uh, that are factoring in. The tool tips are like super huge. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've finished that build uh, just recently towards the end of this week. So I haven't had a whole lot of time to test it. Um, but the little testing I've done, he's hitting really hard. And then the, the bear pet actually uh, works. You know, most of the time the bear pet is not a huge... Uh, PvP used ultimate. Um, yeah. But with all of this, all of these buffs that he has, all these sets and everything apply to the bear as well. And so the bear pet actually works really well. Um, I have the morph to where it it switches the the bear's damage to physical damage. And then when you have the bear pet out there, you can spend, uh, I think it's 70 or 75 ultimate, and he does like a kind of like an execute. Yeah, um, it's really hard these, too, I think, doesn't it? Yeah, all of these buffs slide over to the bear. And so his actual tooltip uh, for that hit is um, just under 15,000. Uh, 15, yeah. Is that, a no, is that without CP? Uh, that's, that without CP? C, that's without CP. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. And part of that bear's ability is that if he is, if someone's within execute range, I think it's if they're under 25% health. Uh, it deals 100% more damage. And yeah. so wow. that 
that actual <laughs> bear ability, if I can if I can utilize it right, or if I find the right person, uh, it is a nasty, nasty hit. And it's only costing me 70, 75 ultimate. So obviously this character is a Nord. You know, I don't, I don't do any any other characters. Uh, so I've always got the ultimate, uh, the ultimate ready to do that ability. And so the bear actually works out really well with this build. And then having it slotted goes into those increased percentages and damage. Um, and so this this build is one that I'll probably this is going to be kind of my um, the one I'll be playing uh, at least for the next week, maybe more, because uh, I'm really excited. Uh, I think the Malakath ban just kind of added even more damage and and kind of let the build kind of uh, uh, go even further um for the for the other one extra piece uh i found myself i usually am using swarm mother um most yeah. of the time with any mythic setup i have just because the swarm mother monster set gives you uh both magicka and stamina uh and any stam warden extra magicka is always helpful because he has the um um Oh, Shimmering Shield. Shimmering Shield. So yeah. he has Shimmering Shield, so that extra magic is helpful. And then yeah. also their armor buff um, to get the Major Resolve takes Magicka. So yeah. um, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be a really fun build. I think it's going to work uh, really well. And I love the fact that it is a heavy armor bow build, just the weirdest setup with a bear pet running around. <laughs> I, I love seeing this character in action because, you know, it's just... A normal thing when you see enemies when, when an enemy sees you with a bow like like you know spamming attacks from range with a bow immediately they think in their mind there's an easy target i want to go i want to go kill him real quick get this little bow guy uh and then they get there and it's this heavy armor nord <laughs> that is totally ready for action and just like laying all this damage into them and he's freaking hard as nails to kill uh i love it it's really yes. great um, oh, and I, I need to mention too, so in the past with this build, I had done a Sword and Shield back bar. Uh, don't really use any Sword and Shield abilities, but I just kind of done it for extra, um, you know, extra blocking ability. Uh -huh. But I had made a, I've made a change with this most recent um, kind of update where I'm actually doing dual wield on the back bar. Uh-oh. And I am doing it for the... Um, uh, the deadly cloak ability. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so essentially it's nothing huge, but it was kind of nice to, I had kind of an open slot on my bar on my back bar. And so now, uh, this just kind of allowed me to use this deadly cloak, uh, where it's just a buff that every one second, uh, it's a 10 second buff, uh, where every one second I'm dealing, um, 1,153 physical damage to all enemies within five meters. Uh, and so, you know, this is a bow build, but as we've talked, it's a heavy armor bow build. So most of the time I actually am in that range of people because yeah. it's kind of a up in your face bow build. Uh, and the other great part about this deadly cloak, the even probably even the more effective part is that, uh, you get major evasion for that 10 seconds as well. Um, and so just kind of extra tankiness for this, uh, heavy armor bow build. Yeah. I wonder, um, have you thought about the, um, black rose prison dual wield you know uh, when you use that ability it gives you extra six percent damage done and six percent damage mitigation so you could I, have that just as your back bar weapon and mm -hmm. have the other two five pieces on the front bar i have thought about that uh that's probably something that i might aim for going forward because it would just kind of add uh just a little extra little extra sauce on top yeah, we uh, should that farm that nice. soon like normal black rose is so easy we could we could farm that out really quick and easy yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, so I, so overall, I'm very excited with this Stan Warden. I think he's going to be a lot of fun, uh, and I'm excited to kind of finally get in, into some PvP and, and some Imperial City with him to see how it goes. Very um, cool. And then lastly, um, just Imperial City. You know, we're always doing Imperial City every week. Yep. Uh, I actually missed uh, the Friday Night Goon Night last night. Uh, you sure did. <laughs> Uh, not by choice. Uh, I had some power <laughs> outages due to uh, storms and things like that. But um, we still did quite a bit of Imperial City this week. And the one yeah. that I wanted to kind of point out is that um, your earlier this week um, we did the dual healers in Imperial City. <laughs> that was fun. Oh man, it was so much fun. So I was on Davius, and you were on your uh, uh, Necromancer healer, uh, yeah. Despair, uh, the one that we talked about last week. It was so much fun. 
it uh we kind of just kind of originally did it because there were so many zergs running around that we just thought we'd just have some fun and kind of joke around yeah there's uh, well it, there was nothing we could do with our damage bills right, right. like our, the zergs just flattened us at every corner so we're like you know what let's just go double healer <laughs> and just troll these dudes and that's exactly what we did it was so oh fun. man it, it worked out so well and in when we ran into uh you know other ep players it actually worked out really well because as long as they had some damage we were keeping people alive like oh, yeah. we were no, making nobody people... was dying absolutely <laughs> yeah. uh so that was actually a lot of fun and we that was those were some of the tests that made me realize that davis's new setup works out really well because we were basically going against massive zergs yeah and they, it was taking minutes of them just beating on us trying to take us down yeah we were straight I, like there were moments i mean we were just like wide out in the open not line <laughs> of sighting a single thing just like just taking it right in the face you know oh, we were man. we were lasting a while yeah it was fun. yeah that was that was a fun uh, imperial city run that that might be something that we have to do every now and then again if the zergs are out of control in imperial city yeah it seems uh, to be the norm these days yes that Malakath lead up there. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's what I've been up to this week. Just that's just your week. tinkering and updating characters. Cool. Um, well, I've been playing some Elder Scrolls Online too. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> Is there also a dragon it. in your homeland? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right. So the the build I've really been. Focused on now that I got my uh, Stamplar finished, we're, we're going to talk about that more here in a minute. But um, the the other build I've really been focused on this week is my Stamina Necromancer, Bobby Bobango. Oh, Bobby Bobango. Uh, that's yeah. that's the best name that just rolls right off the tongue. You it's just... fun to say. <laughs> uh, so this guy's a wood elf. Um, he uses a, a bow on the main front bar and a two-hander on the back bar, just like as a buff bar. Uh, and right now he's doing six medium, one heavy. I'm still kind of experimenting with the different weights and stuff to get my stats where I like them. Uh, this build is still very much in the testing phases. I'm still trying different things out. I'm not totally settled on things, but I think I am getting closer to, to something really good here. Uh, so he's probably going to end up using like a three M-pen, four well fitted, a typical kind of roly-poly sort of setup. Uh, it's, my, it's my style. <laughs> um, well, I think the last time I talked about this build, I was using uh, a Swamp Raider and the Black Rose Prison Bow were the main two things I was trying to kind of get good results from. And it does work fairly well, but I I felt like it was missing. I just, I wasn't getting, the damage wasn't quite high enough, basically. Uh, there were a lot of fights where I would get people kind of fairly close to death, but not quite there. Uh, and they would come back and, and often, you know, win the fight. So this dude just needs more damage. Um, and I find that's always a challenge with like a, a bow build. If you're not just a snipe build, uh, just finding that damage can be a challenge. Um, but I'm getting closer. Uh, so I think uh, I've decided to move on from Swamp Raider. I'm not going to use that anymore. I still am using the Black Rose Prison Bow because I think this thing is crazy strong. Um, so I think there's some real potential there. But I replaced uh, Swamp Raider with the Poisonous Serpent set, uh, also known as the Venom set. It's from the Hellrop Citadel trial. Uh, and if you haven't heard of this set, uh, the five-piece bonus, when you deal damage with a light or heavy attack against an enemy who has a poison damage ability on them, you have a 50% chance to deal an additional 3,400 poison damage. And that can happen every one second. So basically every other light attack weave, you're proccing this thing for 3,400 poison damage. Uh, and then as a reminder for the Black Rose Prison Bow, uh, this is the one that makes uh, your scatter shot apply uh, a poison dot for 65% of the initial attack's damage, and it ticks every two seconds. So it's a, it's a very strong dot. Uh, and so that, along with the Poisonous Serpent uh, set, I think that's just some really, really strong damage over time that's happening. I'm also probably going to use an infused, uh, I'm going to make the bow infused and put a Poison Glyph on it. And uh, Poison Glyphs on an infused bow, they fire about every other light attack weave as well. And, and it hits for about the same amount of damage as that Poisonous Serpent set. So it's like both of these things are proccing every other light attack weave. Um, you know, along with that Black Rose Prison Bow uh, um, ticking away. 
So I think that's going to be really good. And right now, I, I also have uh, the Snow Treaders and three pieces of Agility Jewelry uh, with a Potentate's Greatsword on the back bar. Uh, but uh again time for our weekly shout out to grizzly Khan for giving me uh <laughs> weekly shout out segment grizzly Khan. <laughs> yeah because uh, he gave me an idea for this build that i, I think i'm really going to try out and i think it it might be really good so i think i might get rid of the snow treaders get rid of the agility jewelry get rid of the one piece blood spawn and, and replace all of that with uh five pieces of uh sheer venom which is a set that comes from uh the imperial city prison dungeon um, and so this set, when you deal damage with an execute ability, you infect the enemy with uh, 9660 poison damage over six seconds. And that can happen every six seconds. Now, I've seen this set before and I've always dismissed it because I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's a fairly strong proc. But, you know, I have to hit them with an execute ability and I'm, I'm only doing that when they're in execute range. So there's a lot of the time I'm not getting this proc. Uh, but what Grizzly Khan pointed out is that uh, poison injection, the, the bow dot, uh, that counts as an execute ability. And even though you you hit someone when they're not in execute range, you still are hitting them with an execute ability. Uh, and so it procs this set here. Um, and so if you're using a bow ability and you have poison injection, then this is actually a really great, really strong proc set. So I think I'm going to farm this out and try pairing it up with this Poisonous Serpent and the Black Rose Prison Bow and the Infused uh, Poison Glyph. Uh, I think all together it's going to be just a whole lot of poison damage, not to mention the actual just abilities that I'm casting, my Blast yeah. Bones and my Poison Skull and all that stuff. This is such a cool... I love how poison-themed this build is, especially with seeing the character. Uh, Bobby Bobango is just this little tiny, tiny gremlin... Yeah. character and just the fact that he's just throwing all this poison out there it just it's such a cool uh idea for a build and he's gonna be quick and rolling all around and just um and boy the poor werewolves that come across old, old Bobby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well i mean somebody's gonna counter the werewolves man they are they <laughs> are rising i guess that's something we could talk about really quick is that um you know i think a couple of episodes ago we were talking about like I'm surprised at how few werewolves, you know, they got they got buffed and there really seems to not really be that many. And then we were like, oh, you know, I think as time goes on, people will catch on. We'll start seeing more werewolves. It's, uh, it's it, all it, these it, players listening to the podcast. They they heard us <laughs> say it. Now everybody's making werewolves. <laughs> yeah, it has happened, man. The, the werewolf reckoning is here. Uh, I've I've seen some really really nasty werewolves. There's this one werewolf. I gotta tell this story real quick. It's another Imperial City story. There is this one werewolf straight up one VXing this semi Zerg, Ebonheart Pact. It was all friendlies. Um, and so the the werewolf, I guess he was getting low in resources or something. So he, he broke away from the fight. He was running away. And I decided I'm gonna go chase him down and 1v1 him. He's probably low in resources. So maybe I can take him out. I chased him down. Uh, it was just me and him and man, this dude absolutely wrecked me. Uh, <laughs> afterwards, he whispered me and said, wrecked. <laughs> and I whispered him back and said, indeed, good sir. Indeed. Uh, it was um, it was nasty, man. There's some really, really nasty werewolves out there. We, we actually are, are at risk right now, too, because we have always played with the style that anytime we're in a, a PvP environment, as soon as that werewolf pops up, we have always gravitated towards, okay, stop what we're doing. We're going to go take this werewolf Focus out. the werewolf. That's yeah. what we've always done. And now that is a very dangerous a very dangerous uh, play style because uh, these werewolves, like you said, they are, they are uh, a force to be reckoned with right now. They can be totally vicious. I'm not sure what the, the kind of the popular build setup is for them right now. I just know I've seen a lot of really good ones. Mostly in Imperial City. I honestly still am not seeing a ton of them in Battlegrounds, and I'm wondering if they tend to perform better with CP versus without or, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what was I talking about? <laughs> we, were, we were talking uh, about Bobby. <laughs> I was talking about I was talking about my stamina necromancer. So that's the build idea. Um, and related to that, uh, I want to talk about my experience um, farming out this um, Venomous Serpent set. So it comes from uh, Helra Citadel, which is uh, one of the Craglorn 12-player trials. 
and um i've always been i've always shied away from farming gear from trials because i've always figured it's hard to find groups there's there that's not part of the group finder uh, and it's just going to be a big pain to try to farm that out so i'm just not going to bother trying to get trial gear um but I wanted to try this set out so bad that I, I overcame that anxiety <laughs> and I, uh, I poured it into Craglorn and for a while my, my strategy was basically just to chill out, sip some coffee and just keep my eyes on zone chat uh, and, and wait for somebody to say, hey, look, looking for people to join group for Hellraw Citadel. Um, and so luckily, eventually that did happen. Somebody was was calling out in zone chat and putting a group together. I whispered them, they invited me, and we did it. Uh, and that was cool. Um, but then after that, that strategy of mine stopped working. Nobody was putting together any more Hellraw Citadel groups. Uh, so I typed in zone chat, LFG, DPS, uh, HRC, right? No, nobody nobody would, would, would whisper me. Uh, and I would do that a few more times. I still wasn't getting any bites whatsoever. Um, so eventually I decided, okay, I'm, you know, my approach thus far has been, I want to join a group. Now I'm going to, I'm going to change my approach and I'm going to form a group. I'm the, I'm the leader and I'm, I'm in doing, I'm going to be the one doing the inviting. Um, and so this was this was the change that needed to happen. It changed everything, uh, just from just from changing my wording in Zone Chat. I had a full trial group together in about ten minutes, uh, and and we were doing runs. Wow! Um, so all I was doing, all I did, is I just said uh, need members for. Uh, it was just I was just doing normal. So need members for normal HRC uh, all roles, uh, and someone. Uh, whispered me right away. I invited them. Uh, and then just each time I would get someone. So say like I got uh, a tank. Uh, and so like, okay, now I need uh, two healers and a bunch of DPS. So like, all right, uh, looking for members, two healers, 10 DPS, Hellraw Citadel. Uh, and just each time I would get members, I would update those numbers in the, in the zone chat, just telling people who I needed. Uh, and I think people seeing that number go down time after time after time they're saying okay this is really happening and so more and more people were jumping in i was getting whisper after whisper after whisper um of people like ready to go um so i guess this this is my story is just like a, a lesson and, and i don't know anything about these trials by the way like i'm not fit to be a, a, a raid leader this is like maybe the second time i'd ever done this trial before but on normal, it's so easy anyway. And most of the time, the people that are joining up with you, they've done it lots of times. They know exactly what to do. So you don't necessarily have to be an expert. Um, so yeah, just just take that approach. If you're ever trying to get a trial group together, be the leader, be the one doing the inviting uh, and kind of take that approach. You'll get a lot more responses from people than if you're trying to join an existing group. Because um, most people are doing that same thing. Most people are waiting back, waiting for someone to take the lead. That's what everyone's doing. Yeah, I think that's pretty huge because um, talking about that kind of trial anxiety. So here's here's my silent shame. I have I have never done a trial in ESO. <laughs> oh, we got, we got to get shame. you in some trials, man. But I think I think that's the huge part is what you talk about is that you know kind of that trial anxiety is that. You know, I want this set from the trial, and you're like, oh man, getting all those people together. Or if you're not really part of like a, a, a guild that's running regular trials, uh, or even if you are, you know, a lot of the times if you're a part of those guilds that run regular trials, they kind of already have a set group put together. So if you're, you know, if you're not originally part of that original group that's doing it, trying to get into the group is kind of difficult. Yeah, or they have a uh, schedule. So, Maybe that schedule doesn't work for you as well. Yeah, like the schedule that. doesn't work out. And so I kind of exactly what you said, I've kind of always just avoided trials. So to hear uh, how easy and how well it went for you, like that is really refreshing to hear. That actually... Uh, kind of just changes my stance. Like maybe, maybe I'll start actually going back and looking at the trial sets again. Uh, oh, yeah. and maybe trying to, to actually farm, uh, some of those sets that I've always kind of looked at as well. That's in a trial. I'm not going to be able to get it. Um, that kind of opens those doors. Uh, that's really refreshing to hear. Yeah. And the, the normal trials are, are very easy. Just like normal dungeons are very easy. 
and a lot of people are willing to do normal trials, you know, because a, a lot of them are just like just like us. They just want the gear. They don't want to spend hours, you know, grinding away this difficult content. So a lot of people actually prefer to do the normal versions. Um, so yeah. Uh, just just go go with that approach, man. If you're trying to farm some gear, uh, just go to Craglore, and that's the, that's the place to go to find trial groups, uh, and just start inviting people. Just start advertising and tell just telling Zone Chat what you need, uh, and people will they'll hit you up. So that's mostly what I've been up to this week. Why don't we take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we have another build spotlight we're going to get into this week. So we'll be right back. To continue the saga of my stamina templar, uh, I, you know, last week I uh, I explained why I put the build video up the week before, and then I took it back down because I came up with a, a much much better version. Uh, well, now that that much better version is complete, and so we're ready to do uh, this build spotlight for real this time, for really for real this time. <laughs> it's finalized. This is my revised Stamplar build for the Greymore patch. It still has the same focus on high mobility, sustain, uh, and damage as before. The playstyle hasn't changed at all, uh, and it's just now the damage is so much more. Uh, so this video is just going to cover the non-CP setup, but I'll also put links in the description for the CP setup as well as an alternative non-mythic gear selection. The race is an orc mainly for the extra movement speed and cost reduction for sprinting, and I'm using the Serpent Mundus for extra stamina recovery. Uh, for the food, I'm using Dubious Cameron Throne for even more stamina recovery. And for the potions, I'm using standard tri-stat potions. Uh, for the stats, I'll put a link in the description to the UESP build, so just click on whichever version of the build you want to uh, see, and you'll see the stats there. So for the gear, I'm using five pieces Bone Pirate, five pieces Deadly Strikes on the front bar with a Master Bow on the back bar, uh, Ring of the Wild Hunt, and one piece Bloodspawn. All seven pieces are medium because my max stats are already in a pretty comfortable spot, and so rather than trying to maximize the Undaunted Metal passive, I'd rather get the most out of my medium armor passives, such as more crit, better sustain, better mobility. Uh, and for the traits, for the armor traits, I'm using three M-Pen, four well-fitted. Remember, we have additional crit resist added to our character's base stats this patch, so we can easily get away with just three M-Pen and have all the crit resist we need. Uh, and that four well-fitted uh, is really, really nice for the cost reduction on roll dodge and sprint. That's on top of our uh, orc passives that gives us uh, extra sprint cost reduction and our medium armor passives that gives us extra roll dodge cost reduction. So all around... Uh, we can be very, very mobile, and we're really not spending a lot of stamina for it. Bone Pirate's a nice set. It just gives us a nice amount of max stamina as well as stamina recovery. Uh, you have to use a, a drink buff in order for this set to work, so uh, you want to stick with Dubious Cameron Throne, most likely, um, and that'll give you a whole bunch of stamina and stamina recovery. Uh, this set drops in Blackheart Haven, which is one of the vanilla dungeons. Uh, it's pretty, pretty easy farm. Uh, and then Deadly Strikes. So this set is basically the meta for Stamina Templars. <laughs> uh, you know, often the reason I'm trying to avoid meta sets is because it conflicts with a certain kind of play style that I'm going for. Um, but I actually can use this set, this patch, and totally not have to sacrifice uh, my preferred play style at all. Um, so this buffs the damage to our jabs by 20%, and if you've played a Stamplar before, you know that basically all of your damage comes from jabs. Uh, so a tw just a straight 20% increase to jabs is a, is a huge increase to our overall damage. Uh, and this set comes from one of the Cyrodiil vendors, so it's really easy to get a hold of. You can usually find it for pretty cheap at Guild Traders. Using one piece Bloodspawn for just a little bit of extra stamina recovery, and this can definitely be a, uh, a flex spot. For example, you could use Molag Kenna for extra weapon damage if you don't feel like you need the, uh, the recovery. So uh, just whatever you think feels good there. Uh, and then I'm using the new Reign of the Wild Hunt mythic item, uh, and this gives us an extra 15% movement speed at all times during combat. Uh, so that's basically equivalent to three swift jewelry traits. Um, so we don't have to use Swift at all in our jewelry. We can just go all infuse on all three jewelry pieces, uh, except I actually still am running one Swift because I haven't transmuted uh, the Wild Hunt ring yet, but I do recommend going all infused uh, just to get the most out of those glyphs there, and you're still going to have all the speed you need. 
And then for my front bar weapon, I'm using uh, a sharpened Deadly Strikes Maul with a Crusher enchantment. Uh, and then on the back bar, I have an infused Master Bow with a weapon damage enchantment. And so uh, Deadly Strikes is not active on the back bar, just on the front bar. But we only really need it to be active on the front bar because we just need it to empower those jabs. And so the Master Bow, this thing is pretty awesome. Uh, it gives you 330 weapon damage against targets that are affected with your poison injection. Uh, and that's on top of the 450 weapon damage we get from that infused weapon damage glyph. Uh, so just hitting someone with your poison injection gives you an additional 780 weapon damage against that target. Um, and then, of course, our jabs is being increased by 20% from our deadly strikes set. So we hit them with the poison injection, then we swap to the front bar and start jabbing them. And it's just an overall ton of damage coming at them. And also remember that the Dragon Star Arena, you can do this on normal now and get the non-perfected version of this bow, which is exactly what I did. It's incredibly easy. It only takes four people to do it. Uh, and, you know, just use that same tactic that I was talking about uh, earlier. Just go into Craglorn, uh, ask Zone Chat uh, for people to join your group. Uh, people will jump right in there, no problem, because lots of people are farming for these weapons. Uh, it's really, really easy to get a hold of. Uh, but if for some reason uh, you can't get a hold of a Master Bow or you just don't feel like doing it, uh, you could just use uh, Deadly Strikes on both bars. That would be totally fine. Uh, or another option would be um, a Potentate's Bow on the back bar for a little extra um, damage mitigation. So we'll talk about the skill bars. For my main spammable, of course, I'm using Biting Jabs. I'm also using Power of the Light, Binding Javelin, Rally, Repentance, and the Crescent Sweep Ultimate. And on the back bar, I'm using Razor Caltrops, Extended Ritual, Poison Injection, Restoring Focus, Resolving Vigor, uh, and the Reviving Barrier Ultimate. So let's back up and talk about Repentance for a second. I think this ability is one of the keys to success for this build. Uh, it is free to cast. You can use it to drain nearby corpses to restore health and stamina. Uh, and this ability really enables you to stay bold, stay aggressive, because we know that if we get that kill, we'll be rewarded with that health and stamina return. So it can often be worth taking that risk, and it also allows us to, to sacrifice a little bit, bit of sustain in favor of more damage in our build. Uh, because, again, we know that we'll, we'll use that damage to get more kills, and we'll get compensated for that sustain afterwards. Such a huge key component from going from fight to fight. You know, usually after if you're in a really tough fight and your resources are you know are down, then it can really be a, a risk jumping into another fight. But like you said, just continuing jumping from fight to fight without any uh, downtime. Oh yeah, and in battlegrounds, I mean, this thing comes in clutch so many times. There there are so many times where you'll walk up on a scene and there are, you know, four dead bodies on the ground and you and your stamina bar goes from zero to 100 all of a sudden, plus a huge burst heal at the same time. Yep. Uh, there are so many times that there just so happens to be these bodies around uh, in, a, in a time when you really need them uh, and it comes in so clutch in those moments. And then the Crescent Sweep Ultimate, this is the Magicka Morph rather than the Stamina Morph, even though this is a Stamplar, the Magicka Morph still does more damage, and especially in no CP, it definitely does way more damage. Uh, even with CP, I still prefer this ability. I think it hits a little harder, it's a little more bursty. I uh, also want to talk about Extended Ritual. This is an AoE heal over time and a cleanse, uh, and this is also our one and only Magicka ability. I've talked about this before. Um, I think this is one of Stamplar's biggest advantages. They have very little reliance on Magicka because they typically only use one Magicka ability. Although there are some Stamplars that use Toppling Charge, that's a different story. Um, but this build, it's just using Extended Ritual. Also, kind of just what you said with Toppling Charge, I think it's used to point out, you know, going back in this build, with the speed and the agility of this ability, you really don't need a Gap Closer because you're going to outrun almost anybody that's trying to run from you. Yeah, I, I generally use uh, Roll Dodge as my gap closer because uh, with all the cost reduction, uh, Roll Dodge costs so little and uh, and it gives a major expedition right afterwards so I can cover a really huge distance in a short amount of time for very low cost. So yeah, I don't find much value in a, in a gap closer in this build. And then Poison Injection. This is an extremely important ability. Uh, so it procs our Master Bow for that extra 330 weapon damage against that target. It also procs our infused uh, weapon damage glyph for a combined total of 780 weapon damage against that target. Uh, so this is where a massive, massive chunk of our damage comes from. And it's, a, uh, it's also actually a decent ranged spammable and execute as well. If you see someone that's 
kind of far away. You can't quite get to them. Sometimes you can just spam this ability at them a couple of times and get that kill. So as far as the strategy goes, what you want to do is try to keep your Caltrops and Extended Ritual on the ground as much as possible. Uh, be sure and keep Rally and Restoring Focus active at all times as well. Um, and then for your combo, try to make your enemy stand in your Caltrops, then hit them with your Poison Injection, uh, then swap to the front bar and tag them with your Power of the Light, then hit them with your Crescent Sweep Ultimate, stun them with your Javelin, then lay into them with your Jabs. And I want to note that it's, it's important to keep in mind that this is just an example of how your combo could go. Uh, it's important to change things up and not do it the exact same way every time because good players are going to pick up on that pattern very quickly uh, and then they're just going to dodge or block your javelin every time and, and generally just make it difficult for you to land your combo the way you want to. So, you know, I think opening up with Caltrops, Poison Injection, and Power of the Light, you can pretty much do those the same every single time. But then after that, you kind of want to mix up your Javelin, Jabs, and Crescent Sweep so that you can be uh, unpredictable and stun them when they're not expecting it. Uh, so you kind of have to do a little bit of front bar jazz uh, with that. <laughs> uh, also, keep in mind that with this build, your primary advantage is mobility and your biggest weakness is resistance. So you definitely want to utilize that movement that the Wild Hunt Ring is giving you because uh, that is your primary defense. Uh, so you want to uh, you want to employ hit and run tactics. You want to use line of sight, get your kills quickly, and then get back on the move as, as quickly as you can. Uh, d I mean, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we close out the episode? Um, I don't think so. Uh, you know, we've we've we're starting a streak uh, the the other way now with no emails or, or comments. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we gotta we gotta get back on our email our email and comments um, a streak going. Yeah. So uh, no emails this week, and uh, just the the one shout out to GrizzlyCon for for giving me the build idea. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, if anyone would like to uh, get a hold of us, you can email scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. That's scrollin with an I-N, no G, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any questions or feedback you'd like to give us, uh, any um, corrections, any funny jokes, you just want to say, hey, what's up, um, anything like that, feel free to uh, to go ahead and email us. Uh, you can also contact us in-game. Uh, I'm at Kevin Sparrowhawk. Davius is at Starjumper. Um, just say hello. Ask us to, um, uh, if you want to be invited to the Stoons Goons, our guild. Um, you can get you in there. We'll take you on a goon night in Imperial City, get you your free set of Stoons favor. Um, all that good stuff. What else? <laughs> I think that's about everything. <laughs> I think that is a podcast episode. We are going to call it right there. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>